And we are live. This is the Sound Advice live stream and podcast. Tonight we have a special guest, the one and only Mr. Blake Brockus. Brockus? Am I saying it right, Blake? Brockhouse. Brockhouse. I was saying it right in my head before I started the stream. Then I started talking and I stopped yeah. saying words correctly. So, so Blake is joining us tonight as our special guest. He's going to talk about his connection to a company called Digital Designs. And uh, you may notice that uh, our, my good friend Nick is not here on the stream with us. And so Nick is missing in action tonight. He sent me a message today and said he had um, some out-of-town family coming by and wasn't going to be able to make it on the stream. You may notice that I've got a bit of a scratchy voice. I might not make it the full hour, Blake. So we'll just yeah. have to roll with it. Um, so, Blake, I'm going to let you talk. Um, we'll say hi to people in the chat as they pop yeah. in. We got some of the usual crowd here. Blake, Blake is in the chat. Wait a second. What the hell's going on? <laughs> uh, Corey Wagner. Hi, Corey. True voice of reason. We got just the, the usual suspects are here mm -hmm. hanging out with us. Uh, Andy is here. He's popped by to see us. Andy might have some things to say about big builds. We got yeah. uh, David K here. It's always good to see David K and Baba down in the chat as well. Uh, David Tucker. Hi, David. How are you doing? Good to see everybody. I know it's several of my patrons. Uh, Blake is one of my patrons too. He signed up for my Patreon the mm -hmm. other day. I really appreciate that, by the way. Those, um, yeah. uh, that, that's, you know, it means a lot to me that people uh, will, will, will take money out of their pocket and put it in mine. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really kind of cool uh, mm -hmm. that people actually care enough about what I do to support it. Uh, but I'm talking too much and I'm going to run out of uh, run out of my voice. I'm not careful. So um, Blake, who are you and where are you from and why are you here? And what led you to, to being here on this show with me? Yeah. So name is Blake Brockhouse. Uh, I am the intern at Digital Designs, uh, DD Audio, not an official spokesperson, put that out there i am the intern but um yeah the engineering intern specifically at digital designs uh, i'm also a mechanical engineering student at oklahoma state university and i forgot most of the question <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, how did you end up getting an internship with digital designs? Were they out recruiting interns or what? No. Um, so one of my, yeah, last summer I was working in a retail store and. Like a car audio retail store or just work in retail? It, it was a pool store. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, I was just working retail uh, with talking to one of my coworkers and I'm a massive car audio nerd. So that's most of what I talk about. Uh, and turned out her mom actually knows. Uh, yeah. Her mom was like new uh, Vicky and Jessa Langford, who are the owners at DD and put me in contact with Vicky and at, after that, I basically just went like, hey, can I please have a job? I want to work here. <laughs> they, they do not have an internship program. I just showed up and went like, please hire me. Uh, people in the chat are asking questions about some kind of prize. What's going on there? Uh, the last kicker live stream, I won the grand prize after a full year of entering. I I missed it. Um, I've been out of uh, been out of sorts here lately. What's going on? Yeah. With, what was the grand prize? It was, was it one of those solo I, teams they've been threatening God, to make? No, I wish. Uh, no, it's just their uh, their noise canceling headphones, uh, koozie, and a t shirt. That the, is the standard kicker on masked live prizes. I kind of wonder sometimes what the uh, what the return on investment is uh, on giving away things uh, during live streams. I've, I've always wondered. I don't know that. I wonder if it gets more eyeballs on things or if it just gets people who just want to uh, win a prize. I don't know. I think I think Andy's trying to drop us a hint. Uh, yeah. <laughs> does he know something about a special prize? Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, he we'll do this. Um. Hang on one second. 
Oh, no. I had the bright idea of putting a cough drop in and then realized that all you can hear on the microphone is the cough drop um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rattling around. So we'll just live without it. Um, so let's just jump around kind of right into the subject at hand. And we wanted to mm -hmm. have you on because we know that digital designs make some really big, like freakishly nasty big stuff. Oh, and yeah. A legendary demo vehicle that apparently is stupid loud. And mm -hmm. we want to talk about that and talk about some of the big things that you've seen. And before yeah. we do that, outside of that vehicle, because we're going to talk about that vehicle specifically, what is the biggest uh, car audio system that you've personally witnessed? So besides the really big one would be the uh, Soundcubed Suburban. Okay. Soundcubed is the sister company of DD. They're but they're the budget brand. I didn't put it know bluntly. that. Yeah. And so I had no connected. Okay. I've learned mm -hmm. something new today. Yeah. So Shane Chandler's uh, Soundcube Suburban, he has six HDX 418s or 415s, sorry. 615s HDX 4s. Okay. Just being clear. And he had, he currently has the world record in. USAC Street Beat 3. Okay. Which is a 30 second musical average. I think he's got like 162, 163 at around 45 hertz. <laughs> so um that's that's kind of cool. Pretty there's quiet. a um, there's a there's a guy here in my local town who uh, started a shop a couple of years ago. He'd been building boxes and stuff like that. And he decided to go all in and get some and get a, you know get some facilities he can work out of and start a shop. And he actually is a dealer for digital designs. And I'd heard of the brand and saw he'd open up and swung by to see what he was all about one day. Just to you know you know you walk in a shop, you walk around, you kick some tires, you push on some subs, and oh, yeah. uh, haven't really thought about it much. This guy's claim to fame was he he holds the record for. Uh, SPL in a soft top or you put some subwoofers in a, in a, in a Jeep. Right. And it's yeah. like, how in the hell do you make SPL in a Jeep? You can't generate pressure with a soft top. Um, and so um, that's, that's pretty good. Oh my goodness. Baba. Uh, thank you so yes. much for hitting us with the, with the super chat of $20, 36 here and only 12 likes. Hey, that's okay. Hit the like button. You know, when you hit the like button, people who didn't get the notification will start to get the notification. That's how YouTube actually works. Um, mm -hmm. If you hit the like button, it actually makes YouTube think, Oh, people like the video and then YouTube will show it to people. So it never hurts to, if you're watching a video and it's a good video, don't ever be afraid mm -hmm. to hit the like button, no matter whose video it is because youtube takes that information and spreads spreads it out so um yeah. now when i was a, a young youngster um the town that i grew up near i say near because i grew up in the middle of nowhere it's a 30-minute drive to town had a pretty big uh, cruising scene and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of guys had car audio systems uh they all went to high school somewhere else than i did and i didn't know many of them but there's this one dude this is back in the mini truck days we're talking about 1990, you know, back when Vanilla Ice was still cool, that kind of thing. Um, and he had the mini truck. It may have been a Mazda, may have been a Nissan, I don't know. And he had the camper shell on the back of it. And, of course, the back window out so you could get into the camper shell. And the yeah. bed was speakers. And it was like mm -hmm. 418s, I think. And this is, I don't know, 18s back then compared to 18s today. They're, yeah. they're not the same Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> but this was the guy who had the big system and that was the very first big one I'd ever seen. Um, and, and so that was, that was an interesting thing. And you, you see a system like it, you're like, I'm hooked. Where can yeah. I get one? It's like, and you find out how much a system like that costs. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm out. Let me go get a <laughs> real job and grow up so I can afford to <laughs> afford to do some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, those big builds are not cheap. No, not at all, which is mm -hmm. why they're rare and most people don't actually run a big build. So, Blake, right now, how many subs of what size are you running in your vehicle at this exact moment? I have two DD Audio 1100 Series 12s. Okay. Right around 1,000 watts. Right around 1,000 watts, right. Mm -hmm. And that is... That is uh, that's what you want. Hey, Mullen Performance Audio, always good to see another YouTuber down in the uh, in the chat. Um, and that's it right there. A thousand watts is pushing the limit of what you can do on stock electrical. Exactly. And maybe Which is why I'm there right now. 
Right. I actually, uh, hopefully I got some good footage of it. I actually put a, put a radio on my teenager's car, uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, single 12 inch kicker that I've had and shown on the channel multiple times, old Alpine amp that I've had since maybe 2013 or something. Um, mm-hmm. old Rockford Fosgate amp that I've had for six or seven years, total system power on that. It's not more than 800 Watts. And yeah. it's like, you know, that little bitty alternator in that little bitty car can't handle any more than that. So a single 12, that's what he's got. And that mm-hmm. single 12 in a small car is more than enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, earlier today, I actually metered my system. And I, I wish that I had more time to play around with it, but I was, like, at work. But on the, um, yeah, on the dash... I got 139.8 down at or at 49 hertz. Which for two twelves, like that's as much as anybody realistically needs. At 49 hertz, that's good. And you you know, yeah. it wasn't that long ago those were record setting numbers. Well, I guess it was that long ago, mm-hmm. I'm just that old. <laughs> um but yeah, that's a I mean a thousand watts. I remember when a thousand watt amplifier, you, you know, was completely unobtainable you could not afford mm-hmm. one yeah only the elite could have a thousand watt amp and now you see these ten thousand watt amps and so forth and so mm-hmm. on there was a question in the chat that i want to grab real quick uh yes um definitely hit up toys forum for that because that's going to be the best spot to go right to the directions it's actually easy to do he's asking about taking an active speaker in one of those kbd mm-hmm. boards it's simple you yeah. just like hook the KBD board up to the speaker. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just an amplifier board. You build a case for it, um, you know, and buy amp the speaker, cut the speaker terminal off the back and buy amp that sucker and you're off and running. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what it's made to do. Uh, that'd be mm-hmm. great to go get some, maybe that's a project idea. I need to go to Goodwill or yard sale and get some junk speakers and buy amp them and DSP them and see what kind of work I can do. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. That's the answer is, is, is hit toys for them. Um, oh, yeah. So, a pair of 12s, 1,000 watts, mm-hmm. right? Like right now, what I'm running right now in my truck, subwoofer-wise, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing in there at the moment. Um, I, I took the speaker out to do some testing and haven't put it back in yet. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do need to actually do some do some upgrades. I'd like to get something a little bit bigger because I've never run more than a single 12 or a pair of 10s. And that's mm-hmm. more than enough for a daily driver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so I got a I got a poll I want to put up on the screen here. Let me figure out how to do this. I did a little survey several months ago on my channel because I like doing these surveys on my channel. And mm-hmm. the question was, how many subwoofers do you currently have in your daily driver? Uh, 1,600 votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and remember, these are audio enthusiasts, right? Yep. Um, we, you know, this is something you engineers don't study, but people in my line of work study a lot. Um, um, we talk about uh, a thing called selection bias. Oh yeah. Right. And what that mm-hmm. means is the, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about engineering things for people to use, you got to be thinking about that. The kind of people who watch my stuff and respond to my polls are the kind of people who are going to have stereos in their car. Right. Yep. And 12% of them didn't even have a subwoofer. Mm-hmm. Uh, 77% had one or two. Um, and five, six, seven drivers, you know, eight drivers, you know, lots of drivers, you know, 3%, right? 10% mm-hmm. roughly have more than more than two drivers uh, yep. in their car. So big systems are rare. Oh, yeah. Uh, big and, systems are rare. And yeah. the, the chat is already um, already answering the question I was going to ask. And so I'm going to ask it now. And so if you're in the chat, you'll do the little hashtag for me. Tell me what you've got right now, uh, the number of subwoofers, then uh, the size of those subwoofers, and then your your RMS power. I just kind of want to see what's going on with that. Let's see. Let's see. Light up the chat, guys. Uh, if you're one of the lurkers, go ahead and type it in. Number of subs, size of the subs, and RMS power. Yep. Let's see who pops up. All right, I'm going to start throwing them, but throwing them on the screen as they pop up here. Single twelve, Stu. <laughs> I'm with you, Stu. <laughs> Nothing. Got some comp RTs. Got some thin ones. Mm-hmm. Four twelves. That's a lot. 
Yeah. That's from Gothics. Eight twelves and ten thousand watts RMS, Carl. Good lord. <laughs> I don't know if I can hit them all or not. They're coming up quick. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, all stock. That's okay. Single twelve on fifteen hundred watts. Two twelves on an eight K. Oh man, that's big. Mm -hmm. Got a pair of fifteens. The only fifteens in the chat so far. Eight hundred ninety yeah. watts on a pair of fifteens. So, and what do we see? What's everybody running? Even if they're running big power, they're running two twelves. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? I mean, even if even with thousands of watts, why just two twelves? Space. Space. What? <laughs> what do you mean make, space? It takes space to make base, and so if, <laughs> like in my car, the DD eleven twelves are designed to work in smaller than average boxes for twelves. So I've got the pair of them in about. 2.8 cubes and that's really what they want that is the largest box i can physically fit in my car without removing the back seat mm -hmm. i had to remove trim panels to fit that into my trunk and so if you're running if you're in a trunk it's really hard to get more than 212s how did you and get them in the trunk itself if you had to remove trim panels to get it in the trunk I, I had like this much clearance after I removed the trim panels. Okay. So, and <laughs> I I had clearance. The big thing was like the opening of the trunk. That was the main limiting thing. Uh, the but, opening, the space opening, the the, the hole yeah. to put them in was the was the limit, yeah. not the trunk itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is the largest box I can physically have in my car. And that's true for most trunk cars. You're not going to get more than two twelves. And even with, if you've got like an SUV or something, if you want to ever use all the space in an SUV, which is the reason you get an SUV, having something like even two fifteens is going to take up half your cargo space. And that's where going beyond two twelves, especially with, modern drivers gets exponentially more expensive and takes exponentially more space. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You just can't, it, 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 the limit in a car is the car. Yep. <laughs> That's the limit. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. the number of speakers you can fit is the number of speakers that'll fit. And it's, it's not necessarily, Hey, it's four foot wide. I can cram four twelves in there. No, you don't have the airspace. No. Um, and I think the biggest mistake you can make with a subwoofer is trying to cram it in too small of an airspace. Uh, you said you had two 12s with 2.8 cubic feet, so 1.4 yes. per, per side. Is yeah. it two chambers or one? One chamber. One chamber. You know, mm -hmm. that's the thing. 2.8 sounds really small. I like to put a single 12 in about two and a quarter. That's kind of where I, when yeah. I'm modeling Win ISD, where I think a 12 goes. Mm -hmm. A home theater yeah. sub is a two and a half cubic feet with a 12. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, um, well, that's where the suspension of the 1100 is soft and it's tuned to work well on a smaller box. Gotcha. Which is why I went with those because otherwise I would have had to run two tens. So here you go. Here's a guy who's just running 115 and he knows all about space, right? <laughs> nah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Engineering question for you, since you you mm -hmm. are a, a studying to be a mechanical engineer, and one day you can say that you that you are one. Um, yeah. Big white unmarked van. I buy all of my speakers from the back of a big white unmarked van. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned the, the softness of the suspension. If someone is looking to buy a subwoofer to fit in a small enclosure, and they're looking for a soft suspension, what TS parameters are they going to be looking at? Um. It's difficult to say because part of it is that part of it is that like most modern subs, it is difficult to accurately measure the TS specs on them due to the way that modern subs are built because TS parameters, those are built, those were designed and all the formulas were invented in like the early seventies, <laughs> which 
speakers from the early 70s have basically nothing to do with modern car subs. So measuring TS parameters accurately is a problem. In general, you're going to be looking for a lower Q value. You're going to be looking for something that has a softer suspension that will still be able to, even after adding the acoustic, the air suspension of the box itself, itself, it won't be overly stiff for the right. amount of power you want to throw to it. And the other thing I would say is that, in general, if you are restricted on space, if you have the option of, say, a 12-sealed or a 10-ported, I would look at doing the ported 10. Say that again. I was reading the comment. You said yeah. So it, it if you have the option between a larger sub in a sealed box versus a smaller sub in a ported box, you're almost always going to get more output from the smaller sub in the ported box. Right, which Even is which is why people run ported enclosures, right? Exactly, and they're just more efficient. Um, that's that's the reason. <laughs> Uh, Lagmaster0591 with the Super Chat. Opinion on American Base Hawk Series. Great show. I'm not familiar with the American Base Hawk Series. I do own one American Base sub. It's a Titan 12. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a good-looking sub, and it sounded just fine when I when I put it in a box and played it. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with the Hawk Series. Are you familiar with them, Blake? Uh, no, I, I haven't used any um, American Base products. So I can't speak on them. Your thoughts on the true voice of reasons comment about TS parameters. Yeah, they're, they're designed for small signals. Um, the problem is that people don't want to put a sub in their car and only play two Watts through it. They want to play five, 600, a thousand or 2000 Watts and a speaker that performs well on one or two Watts will not perform well on 500 or 1,000 or 2,000. So that that's the main issue. Also, a lot of SPL-oriented subs, like what we make at DD Audio, are use a progressive suspension, where the TS parameters are different based on how far the sub is from rest, based on its excursion. Okay, so... So that is impossible to model with TS parameters. So progressive, it gets stiffer as the sub moves out. Is that exactly? Okay. I, I, what is the logic behind doing that? Uh, it's so the way that a ported box works, you know, this you have, if you look at the excursion capabilities, there's, as you go from high frequency down to low frequency, there's a bump in the response as the excursion ramps up, mm -hmm. and then it dips down at the port tuning before skyrocketing off. So having the progressive suspension allows you to... You can still have that advantage of all of the power handling, all of the efficiency right at that port tuning without having to worry about unloading the sub and damaging it from the high excursion away from tuning frequency. So in a situation like that, the X-Max statistic is really not that useful then? Not super. Obviously, a sub that can move more air is going to be able to get louder. But around that port tuning, you're not listening to the movement capabilities of the sub. You're listening to the drive strength of the motor and the voice coil. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because the cone's not moving much at that point. You're, you're, exactly. the, cone, the cone's battling the internal suspension and the internal pressure and mm -hmm. the port's making all the sound. So yeah, at that all point, right. you've basically coupled the motor and the coil to the port, which you can think of as a speaker cone with infinite excursion. I like that. That's 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 good. Brian mm -hmm. Steele in the chat always has um, has some good things to say. 
And that's the thing that I was thinking about when you were describing that um, progressive suspension. Uh, mm -hmm. That sounds like what we would call nonlinear. And I thought nonlinear yeah. was bad. So tell me what's going on there. So a lot of people will say that they like the like tight, punchy sound that you get from a smaller sealed enclosure. It's like that tight, punchy sound. Well, sealed enclosure, it's an acoustic suspension. It's an air suspension. As the sub moves into that sealed box, it takes up more space, which tightens the air spring inside of the box. A small sealed box is a progressive suspension. So you mm. can actually get... So a well-tuned progressive suspension can actually sound really nice. Maybe not accurate, but it'll sound really good. Really fun, very punchy. And when you're listening to subs in a car, you're you're looking for fun. You're not looking for super accurate sound. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that is that is one thing that I think is a defining characteristic of car audio. Um, you know, there are the the audio files out there with the sound quality systems, but <clears throat> it's mostly about having fun. Oh yeah. So I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. I've been kicking around an idea for a video uh, to uh, to build a couple of different uh, size of uh, sealed enclosures. One of them kind of ridiculously small. Uh, one of them yeah. about roughly the size the manufacturer would specify in their website for a sealed box. Mm -hmm. And one a little bit oversized, right? Mm -hmm. What am I going to find if I if I make that video and you know measure them all with dats and try to do a sweep with and measure them with say rue or something? Uh, what am I going to find when I do that? Um, the biggest and box and, is and what am I going to find from a sound quality standpoint when I do that? Because mm -hmm. you said that that uh, that progressive suspension of the sealed enclosure sounds good. So what am I going to find mm -hmm. when I measure and what am I going to find when I listen to it? Yeah, so the largest box is going to be the most accurate because it's going to be the closest to an infinite baffle, which is, broadly speaking, the most accurate type of enclosure. Um, the It's also going to get you the best base extension, but you're going to run into issues with power handling sooner with that largest sealed box. The medium-sized sealed box, it'll probably perform how the manufacturer expects it to perform. It'll sound good, have decent roll-off, um, probably around 40-ish, 50-ish hertz, and sound very nice, have that like signature sealed punchy sound. The small box, because the if you put it in too small of a box, then the subsystem... The subs uh, suspension is going to match with that air suspension poorly. It's going to become overdamped, and it's going to ring at whatever uh, that box ends up like having an FS at or the FC. And so Absolutely. that's going to be a boomy sound because of the cue being too high and the ringing effect of having too high of a cue. So it will definitely sound terrible. Probably. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out. Uh, we'll we'll yeah, we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that idea goes. Yeah, it's one of those putting a sub that's designed for a small sealed box in a small sealed box sounds great. Putting one that's not designed for that in a small sealed box is going to sound terrible. <laughs> Which is kind of what we expected. So, all right. Mm -hmm. um, what I want to do now, if it's all right with you, is I want to take a little a bit of a minute here and just kind of talk about um, about digital designs a little bit. I'm not that yeah. familiar with the company. I learned something new tonight that digital de designs and uh, and SoundCube were were sister companies. Yeah. Um, um, now there was another company called Audio Cubed. Have you ever heard of them? Yes. I'd heard uh, that they that, had something to do with SoundCube. Yeah. So Audio Cube. Um, was bought by Digital Designs, I believe, in the mid-2000s. And then I think they had some sort of like copyright issues with the logo and had to change the name to SoundCubed. Okay, that makes so, sense. 
it, it's just a name change is all. That I've works. seen a few of the old like audio cue amplifiers kicking around. I um, I'm, I'm Googling as we talk right now. So, cause I'm just, yeah. like I said, just kind of curious. So I want to mm -hmm. take a peek at the, um, at the uh, website for digital designs and, yeah. um, and all right, if I'm sitting here going, I want something big and I'm going to go digital designs. What is like the beast? Where, where can I find it on the website? I mean, so as far as amplifiers or speakers or subs. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> let's start, let's start so, with subwoofers because that's yeah, fun so stuff. The sub, just go to that page and scroll to the bottom of the products. The further you go down, the more badass they get. And the largest sub that we sell is the Z4 there at the bottom. Good Lord. I've never Which seen one of these. Which is a monster. Let's it's say. a, uh, yeah, so it's a neodymium motor structure that has around 10 pounds of uh, N52 grade neomagnets in it. It's got a four inch voice coil. So it's it, 10 pounds it's of Neo. Stupid. Yeah, 10 pounds of Neo. The overall motor structure is around a little over 100 pounds. Is, is this real carbon fiber? Yes. That is real carbon fiber that is made in house. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. how, how the hell do you make carbon fiber? Uh, so we. Yeah, so how carbon fiber arrives to us is you get like the actual fiber bits and then a lot like fiberglass you set it into a mold and then yeah you set it into a mold and then put resin into it okay and our specifically it's a three-layer composite which has uh carbon fiber on the top that can be any color you want and then Foam in the middle with Kevlar on the back. So you can customize it. You can any color you want. Pretty much. So I could get the blue to match my channel theme and I could uh, yes. uh, get me a, uh, and you've got a, uh, y'all have got a 21 inch subwoofer. Yes. Good Lord. Yes. They are unreal. That is insane. It really is. Uh, I've seen quite a few like get built and seeing a 21 inch in real life is like weird. Y'all and y'all hand build these like in house, yeah. the, the, the Z fours. Yes, we do. Each, <sighs> like, yeah. And that sub is actually so made in America that all of the steel parts in the motor structure are actually machined here in Oklahoma. And then we assemble it in in-house oh wow and what um what would one of these set me back it says that uh um i don't see a price tag on it man hey yeah so you have to buy it through a dealer okay and yeah the starting price is around five grand before all of the options before the options Yes. So well, you can do stuff like powder coat the basket, all kinds of customization. Like any color you want. Plating. Yeah. Chrome basically. plating. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I, I'm not, I'm okay with chrome, but I think yeah. chrome can be overdone. I think a chrome oh, plated absolutely. basket looks eh, not my cup of tea. Yeah. I, I agree, but it's something you can do. Okay. So 5,000, um, I, let yeah. me go ahead and order uh, 10 of the 21s, Blake. Um, yeah. Go ahead and bill it to Nick. Oh, since he's not here, he'll pay the bill. <laughs> I believe at that point you would be tied for second place in the record of having the most number of Zs on the planet. <laughs> as, far See, as, as far as I know, there are only two people on the planet that own 10 or more uh, Z motors. And I'm assuming they work for for digital designs, right? One of them does. The other does not. That's cool. 
All right. What is the Z3? How is what if I wanted to like be cheap and step down to the Z3 in my giant oversized subwoofer build? What would I do? Mm -hmm. uh, so the Z3 is going to perform in the same type of enclosure. Uh, it's a smaller motor, so you can actually get it in the 10 inch size. Oh, well, a 10. Amp. Okay. Well, I need like a dozen of those, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a 10 and that so can only handle 4,000 watts, Blake. Yeah. It, and <laughs> so Lord. it has the uh, three inch coil, whereas three, the Z4 has the four inch coil. 3.35, according to your specs. Yeah. That's a big voice coil on a 10. Oh, yeah. All right. I want your opinion, uh, Blake. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a huge fan of these big, overbuilt. 10 inch, eight inch and six and a half inch subwoofers. I look at those mm -hmm. subwoofers and even though I know they've got a ton of motor force and they got a ton of, ton of excursion, I look at those and I think you only have so much cone area and you've you got do. a three inch voice coil sitting behind that thing. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to me to be kind of stupid. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, the six and a half states and the tens these days that with, with those you know, motors that you have to invert them because the motor won't fit in the damn mm -hmm. speaker. Now, what are your thoughts on those so, things? Remember earlier where I said that in a ported box away from the port tuning, you're listening to the movement of the cone. But at that port tuning, you're listening to the drive strength of the voice coil on the motor. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're going, so those styles of subs are going to be very well suited for a ported box or something like a sixth order bandpass or a um like tapped horn where okay. excursion is very limited but the voice coil and the motor are able to exert a ton of pressure into the surrounding air so the the name of the game with those small drivers is just throwing a ton of power at it and soaking mm -hmm. up that power and yes. and and it's all about playing right at that port tuning for the most part yes so i've been thinking about it all wrong Possibly. I'm going to have to try some at some point. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we're talking about big builds. Why are we talking about six and a halfs on a big build show, right? Uh, we should be talking about yeah. the 18s and the 21s. Mm -hmm. so that's a step down. Um, <laughs> yeah. What kind of amplifier do uh, the digital designs have that would run something like that? Uh, that would be the M8000. So if you go to amplifiers. All products, amplifiers. And the M series. M series M8000. And I was actually uh, working on some of these today. Oh, cool. Um, can you, can you share what you were doing or is that top secret? I don't want you to give me, I don't want you to give me some trade secret and get in trouble and, and not be back on, not be able to go on the internet again. No, there, there was just um, from the PCB and those is very thick. And so there were a couple of spots where the ample where the manufacturer like didn't get it soldered, didn't get a component soldered all you're, the way in. You're popping in doing some quality control, making sure it was just perfect for you sent this thing off. Yeah. And we test all of those before we send them out. Is this a full bridge or a half bridge? It is a Korean half bridge amplifier. So they, are they strappable? Yes. Yeah. There's and that's what the ZVL input is for. ZVL. Gotcha. Um, the the ZVL, it's a device that we make that makes it like brain dead easy to strap and link amplifiers together. Oh, so mm -hmm. most strappable amps has uh, an input and an output and maybe a switch or something. Yeah. And you actually sell a second device that, um, so would you run your RCAs to the ZVL and then from yes. the ZVL to the two amplifiers? Is that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the, how the ZVL works is it's a line driver, basically. Okay. And so it takes one pair of RCA ends, converts it to five RCA outs that have Let me the find exact it. Can I find it here? Yeah, it's in signal processors. And it'll allow you to strap any half bridge amplifier. But it, oh, hey, it works it matches. best with ours because it's designed for that. And it matches the amp. Yes. I've never heard of this. I'm learning something new today. Oh, mm -hmm. High Five Vega popping by. I always, any of my fellow YouTubers, yeah. if I see them, I always try to give mm -hmm. them a shout out. Um, 
I like the way it looks like the, it's the same width as the amplifiers, the 8,000. I don't actually know. That would be cool Not if it totally was because sure. you could just line a bunch of them up in your install, right? You can yeah. 20 or 30 of these suckers all lined up. Uh, you, so, you only need you. Yeah. Because each one of those, you can actually take the fifth output and string mm -hmm. it to another ZVL. Oh, so each one can link up to four amplifiers. And, and so it's means, not just an RCA distribution box then. No, it'll okay. also adjust phase and adjust the polarity in order to make sure that you get all of the, um, yeah, in order to make sure that you can do the tuning and strapping and everything that you want to. So one of our, yeah, one of our customers came in when I was there over spring break and had 16 amplifiers and we were able to get them all working in an afternoon with the ZVLs. That's uh, that's cool that a customer can stop by the headquarters and, and talk to the experts and get it going. Let's go back to this M8000 because mm -hmm. I wasn't finished looking at it. Yeah. Um, so um, tell me what you think if, if, if uh, digital designs were to send one of these out to Big D. I, I, I would test it myself, but I don't have a big <laughs> enough power supply. God, no. <laughs> if, if they were to send these out to Big D, how much power do you think he would clamp on this thing? Um. We have seen, yeah, so the highest number that I've seen a customer uh, clamp out of, it is about 14,000 watts. Um, on a dyno, I think it could get 15,000, 16,000, but also it's, it's an 8,000 watt amplifier. It's not meant to put out 16,000 watts, <laughs> so... And it, it'll do that for a little bit and then melt. And and Rob here, you know, he's, he's late to the game. This is what we were talking about earlier, right? Most people mm -hmm. just don't run big builds. And that's yeah. what makes big builds special because, mm -hmm. it, you know, <laughs> because they're and special, it, they're expensive. They're yeah. nearly impossible to pull off. Um, mm -hmm. And so and here's the thing. Let's say you wanted to run an M8000. The retail price on them is 2,400 watts. Uh, Mullen, we don't officially recommend that you run them at, them at half ohm, although many people do. <laughs> That's all, I'll, but we don't recommend it. Um, yeah, don't say, say anything. You up in trouble. Don't don't yeah. say anything. What, what the official answer is no one does. Don't do it. Don't don't get don't get Blake fired by by coming on and saying Blake said I can run it at quarter ohm. <laughs> Um, no, but so let's say you wanted to buy an M8000 and run that in your system. So the amplifier itself is, um, yeah, the amplifier itself is $2,400 retail. Mm -hmm. And then we already have clip indicators on our amps. On the D series, it's on the amplifier itself. And with the M series, it's on the um, base knob. That has, and it's also got a voltage indicator on it. But, Brian is Brian's very knowledgeable and he's hit the nail on the head. This is <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> but that, that amplifier has more AC voltage than your wall. <laughs> yeah. I, it yeah, is that, that's, terrifying yeah. to work on. Anyways, <clears throat> but yeah, if you wanted to buy that, you would probably want something like, two JYHP40s in order to have all the lithium you need to run it and make it happy, which is going to be about another $2,000. Right. And then you're going to want a high output alternator, something that can put out at least 300 amps, which is going to be another five-ish hundred dollars. And you also got to go ahead and buy a new serpentine belt because those high output yep. alternators all have a undersized pulley. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It depends on how much your belt is. It, it, it's yeah. just money going out, right? Yeah. And so the amplifier, once you get into this kind of power class, the amplifier is only about half of the cost of the actual system. And, you know, Blake, earlier when I said that you know, back in the day, the 1,000-watt amp was unobtainable, unobtainium. 
you know, mm-hmm. a thousand watt amp back in the day when I was in high school, when I was a college student would have been, um, you know, a, a, a three, $4,000 item. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, alternators were the same price, but you didn't need, you know, necessarily that much of an alternator to do that. And this is the thing people forget about, you know, amplifier power has gotten really, really cheap, but you are still limited by what your alternator is going to do. And, and it's nice to look at this and go, Oh, wow. You know, it's so much cheaper than it used to be back in the day. It's all like, so what you're, you're $3,000 away from being able to plug the damn thing in after you buy it. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> and you hadn't bought any subs yet. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why people don't do big builds. That's why they're so rare. Um, exactly. Triple yeah. inputs. As I said, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And with the price of wire nowadays, forget it. <laughs> $10,000 in wire and wood at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I, next time I build a sub box, I'm going to have to build it out of maybe gold or platinum because I can't afford plywood anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so I mean, the triple inputs make, i've seen some people make uh boxes out of like marble or concrete i've seen some home theater builds on some forms made out of concrete small concrete yeah. boxes um mm-hmm. the acoustics of concrete are not very good though yeah <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, heavy bass kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. a, a, a heavy bass. So there's some home theater speakers that fill the high end stuff that fill the bottom with sand on purpose, not just to add mm-hmm. weight, but to actually add some mass to it, as opposed yeah. to the and, white vans that are just filled with sand just because they, just yeah. because it's heavy. Well, and because if you've got, say, like a 16 inch sub that's getting a thousand watts of power in your home, you don't want that thing moving around and shaking the you don't want the sub itself to shake so yeah that's what you need to keep it in place oh man i'm about to it's time for a side jag okay yeah. <laughs> all right y'all down in the chat if you've seen this uh, on on netflix let me know blake if you haven't seen it you gotta jump on the netflix and watch this uh mm-hmm. there is a formula one drama documentary out there on netflix mm-hmm. Formula One Drive to Survive or something like that. Uh, my wife decided she wanted to watch it because a friend of hers watched it. And we've been watching it. We, we, we marathoned a few episodes last night when I took a night off from filming a video. And I've got just a 12-inch home theater subwoofer. It's not the, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's 250 watts. It's a Dayton Audio. I, I, I love it. I built it, and it's one of my favorite oh, yeah. things ever. Um, love it Dayton. is. It is amazing, amazing show on a home theater because the, 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 the cars will crash yeah, and they'll add in sound effects, those bass swoops, you know, <laughs> zoom when the cars are crashing. And mm-hmm. it's like the, the house is shaking and cars are flying yeah. across the screen. And I'm all like, hey, I like Formula One now. I'm going to watch yeah. more of this. That's my show recommendation for anybody who's got a good a good home theater system with a subwoofer. Um, yeah, you, you're gonna want to watch that. Blake, you got a home theater subwoofer? Uh, not really. You're, you're in an apartment, pretty much. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm between my parents' house and an apartment, so I, I don't have the option to drop three grand on a home theater. Oh, I didn't drop anywhere near that much, but then the guy oh, yes. built most of it. My um, um exactly. it, it, people in the chat know because I talk about it all the time. My uh, my my towers are the Tritrix kit from Parts Express, um, which is the transmission line, yep. and it's just I, I'm every time I sit and listen to it, I'm blown away by the sound. And I, I, is it is it high end audiophile stuff? No, but I love it, and I built it, and I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard those Tritrix are really really good speakers and from what i've seen based on markups and everything like those pre-made knockdown kits are you get around three times as much value out of those compared to buying something retail uh, the, the buying the knockdown kit and building it yourself is is yeah. a third of what you would pay for a yes. similar quality retail exactly yeah i mm-hmm. instead of buying the knockdown kit i bought my first table saw so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wanted to ask a question. Yes. Um, and again, this is something that I've seen on, on, on Derek's channel whenever he tests a, a big amp like this, mm-hmm. all of these big amps, it's ground positive, ground positive, positive ground. 
Yes. Are they trying <laughs> to, to have some war? Are they trying to ruin my day? <laughs> no. So the reason for that is there was a gut shot of the amplifier. I'd pull that up. But right next to those terminals, you've got the input inductors. Or not the, the input transformers. Okay. And so if you have all of... And generally you'll have two lines of them going down the amplifier. If you have the ground on this side and the positive on this side, one of those sides of transformers is going to be closer to the positive. Okay. One's going to be further away from the positive, and so you're going to get uneven voltage. Okay. Across those transformers, which Just is going distance. to reduce the efficiency. Just the distance has that big of an impact. Yeah. It, it's relatively small, but when you're at this kind of power class, you don't want anything to go wrong because a small difference can go very wrong very fast. And there's the, the base knob? Yes. Does it show uh, temperature and voltage? I think it does. I'm not sure why this graphic doesn't have the temperature. I believe it shows the temperature, but I'm not 100% on that. And it's got a clip light on it. Is it metal it's or plastic? It's metal. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I like... Um, I, I don't know why this is not considered the gold standard in every amp. It doesn't ship with a base knob like this. Mm-hmm. Because like I think about the JP the, the JP8 amplifier that I've got with a, a plastic yeah. knob that's like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's a good value amplifier and it's got a great yeah. bass knob. And I just don't understand why, you know, a brand like Alpine will sell you a six hundred dollar amplifier with no bass knob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think that I think that a bass knob is pretty much required for any decent size system. Because and if you don't want to hook it up don't yeah well and just because like in my car i can get 140 db of bass i not all music wants 140 decibels of bass a lot of music does not sound good with all of that low end added turn it it. down Mm -hmm. well you know what what i like about a bass knob is that you know I, you know, I, I can listen to something, I can enjoy the sound, but then there are those moments where for whatever reason, maybe you've had a bad day, maybe you've had a great day, whatever the case is, where you just all like, I want to shake things up and you just yeah. <laughs> grab it and go, you know, um, uh, the, uh, head unit I'm running, it's an, it's an old single den Alpine. Um, and it has, uh, you know, a menu system, you hit the menu button and the first setting is the base level control. Yes. So I've enjoyed that because I push one button and turn the knob and I've got my bass knob. Yep. And and that's always been nice because if I wanted to turn it down, listen to some, you know, podcast or something, don't need all that bass. And then when it's like, it's time for yeah. some music. Yeah, so the, the person's voice doesn't sound like this. I might be a problem with your crossover setting. Well, that too, but... Okay, so that's that's a beautiful lamp. One thing I noticed right here is you have a vanity plate. Yes. So that little channel that goes across, you can buy, we etch them by hand uh, on one of our CNCs, and you can buy that little aesthetic uh, piece and a couple of LEDs with it. It, it doesn't give you any, it technically gives you less wattage probably, but it looks nice. It's pretty. No, that's nice. If I were going to spend that much on an amp, I think I'd spend the extra to get the etching. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can etch any logo in that then. So I could do a custom logo. In theory, you could. Um, I don't think we really do custom logos for this specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, that looks nice. Yeah. All right. I got, I got, we're coming up on the top of the hour and I've got a question for you here. Yes. Um, <laughs> what? Um, yeah. So hang on. So Ken, sorry, I was, uh, I was behind the eight ball. I meant to get uh, all the notifications and stuff set up for this yesterday, but then yesterday came and went. That's how life goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is the base tank? Oh, the uh, DD tank. 
is what the it's DD called. The DD tank. DD for yes. digital designs. And it is the loudest demo vehicle on the planet. <clears throat> and let me clarify that. So most like like an SPL vehicle is designed to play one note for about three seconds and then everything explodes. They're just trying to get that one number. A demo vehicle, on the other hand, is designed to play a wide band of frequencies, generally lower frequencies, for a long time. And the DD tank is the loudest demo vehicle on the planet. I believe that I've seen him hit a 182 at like 56 hertz somewhere in there that's which crazy. is unbelievably loud that's that's, that's like you mm -hmm. know nuclear blast at the at the blast site loud <laughs> yeah uh he can i saw another thing by him where he did a 60 second musical average at 20 hertz only clamping about 500 watts from each amplifier and scored over 160 Good Lord. <laughs> Those numbers are insane. I think, I think yeah. sometimes we lose context of just how loud that is. 160 mm -hmm. dB is crazy. Um, yeah. And so Especially at 20 Hertz. He, so here's he a question. Can, he can do here's hair a, tricks with dreadlocks. <laughs> hey, if you can do a hair trick with my hair, I'll be impressed. Uh, he'll, he'll just do it with your nose. <laughs> if, if you see, people will sit in, like the door when it's open and their nose will be flapping. It is insane. <laughs> I'd love to see it sometime. That sounds absolutely killer. Um, so if somebody wanted to make a windy build, you wanted to go for a big build and just generate lots of wind, what would you, how would you tune that? Is that called very low tuning or what? Yeah, that that's going to be, yeah. A windy build is, it's just about moving, having high velocity air moving back and forth, which is going to be easiest at lower frequencies. And with that, what you're going to want is big subs in a big box with a big port, tuned low, and lots of power. That sounds like so fun. Spend a lot of money on the subs, lose all of your cargo space, spend a lot of money on the amp and all of the electrical stuff you need, and then you'll get windy. All right. That's going to be the goal. The other option is to yeah. just put a 15-inch sub into a tiny car. 18. And yeah. Andy has a Solo X18. Oh, it's an 18. Okay. Yes. I got you. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I wasn't trying to. to. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is a great question. Uh, what would you, what about port chuffing in a big windy build like that? You're not going to hear it. <laughs> and also that's why you go for a very big port right mm -hmm. a, a very big port is going to be really hard to chuff and even if it does chuff you're not going to hear it just because it's so loud uh, you can't yeah. hear the chuffing over the bass exactly well awesome do you have any pictures of uh of anything you want to show off tonight uh can you do you want to do you want to share your screen do you know how to do that it's it's yeah it's it's this stupid software that you push the right button and it works and you push the wrong button it doesn't yeah uh is it just the share screen button yes yes at the bottom there's a little image of a screen that says share with a plus sign in it and when you get it up i'm going to actually stop sharing mine well no i can leave it hidden okay i'll just do that Let me Come on. While you're doing that, I'm going to scroll through the. Uh, here we go. These cool. Ah, here we go. Yeah. Ready? So this is behind in the front is what's known as the beef jerky sub that I saw a couple of people mention earlier. It is quite possibly the grossest subwoofer ever made. It is a 9900 series 18, which means that it's got an like 85 pound ferrite motor four inch coil and it is made out of beef jerky. It's so, so literally beef jerky. Did it like yes. impregnate it with resin or something, or is it just yes. slim jams? And it's like 
three years old at this point. <laughs> well, you know, it's so salty that it'll last forever. That's the whole idea behind yeah. beef jerky, right? I mean, yeah. So that was a collaboration with jerky.com and we had them make jerky that was like unedible in order to put it in there. So it would have like the stiffness that we wanted. Yeah. It would have to be. Yeah. It would have <laughs> to be in, in, in edible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course that's the thing about cured meat. Once you, once you get enough salt and dry, dry it out and salt it out, it's not going anywhere. No. How did it sound? And, uh, I haven't heard it. Uh, I kind of don't want to because that the jerky is not like an even surface. So mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of holes in the resin. Oh. And again, it's like three-year-old beef jerky at this point. So like, it's a fully functioning sub, but I don't want to be anywhere near it when it plays. Because it's like the cone is a, just a little greasy in a really awful way. But it's an insanely fun thing that we can do that. Yeah. Why? Because you can. <laughs> exactly. It, it was for an April Fool's. Also, uh, right behind that, you can see a mini Z, which yeah. you were talking about really badass, like eights before with crazy high motor strength. That is an eight inch variant of the Z. <laughs> the beef jerky sub has got a ton of questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it does. Uh, oh. Next and thing. And this is the this is the tank. Yes, this and is the, back are... of the DD tank. That is sixteen M eight thousands. Which so he's, I believe he can clamp upwards of one hundred sixty thousand watts total <laughs> with that system. Oh, that is crazy. That they're on the bottom via limitless bank. Yeah, that's that is his entire battery bank and the reason why it's down below like that is so he can pull it out in case it ever catches on fire you mean when it catches on fire it hasn't yet <laughs> yet yeah i mean, yeah, think about a build like that it's just a matter of time before it burns right i mean yeah and then this is the passenger side door of the tank <laughs> which, the bolt yes it's held in, I think, with like 24 half-inch bolts that he tightens with an impact because if he didn't, then it would not be able to like stay shut. That that passenger side door weighs 600 pounds by itself. Just crammed full of concrete? A 16-pound foam, which is basically the same thing. Um, Gotcha. Next picture. What else you got? Oh, that, hey, that is nice. Yeah, That's that a freeway is, set. Yes, that is my personal project that I've been doing lately. Uh, that was that's just like me mocking it up super fast. What's the what's the diameter of the mid-range? The middler. Yeah, the mid-range is three inches, and then the woofer is six and a half inches, and that's our A series three-way component set. That is um, cool. Yeah. That tweeter up top is sounds so good and is way larger than you would think. Yeah, it looks like a pretty like, big tweeter. Yeah, the cutout diameter is like over an inch and a half. <laughs> for it. That's cool. It, I like to see some door pods made with those. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all of the pictures that I have. All right. I just I knew, I knew you had a few and I want to make sure we got to them. So, all yeah. right, let me stop sharing my screen. And mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's gotten dark in your room. Yes, the sun is setting. Let me. Yeah, I've had the. I've been fighting with this window behind me for a while. One reason why we uh, we rolled back to a 730 start time was so we wouldn't be blinding the camera with my window. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought nice lights to fire at me during this so I can actually mm -hmm. actually pick up the light a little better. But it is uh we've been at it for an hour and five minutes, which is about an hour longer than I thought I'd make it with my voice at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's time for us to wrap it up. Um yeah. 
Uh, do you have anything going on that you would like to promote, talk about, brag about, or any kind of shameless self-promotion for you, for digital designs, uh, before we sign off? Um, I mean, I don't have anything really going on. I'm, I'm just some kid. <laughs> I just showed up in the chats and was like, hey, I work at a cool place. Let me on. You know, I don't even work at a cool place. I just, uh, I just showed up and put a. I just, I'm just some idiot with power tools in a garage. And I just turned the camera on one day, and yeah. next thing I know, I've got thirty eight thousand YouTube subscribers, and we're all yeah. just somebody, right? Um, yeah. um, that's that's just how we all are, um, yeah. you know. So don't don't think you're just some some kid because we're all just some kid at some point. Yeah. Yeah. As all far right. As digital designs goes, um, like. I think last week we actually, for the first time ever, started selling product online directly to consumers. So all of our Redline products, you can now buy online if you want to, which is cool. Excellent. That's there the you biggest go. update that we've had lately. When you're, when you're ready to order your 8,000 watt amplifier, just go ahead and order it online right there. Uh, that one's not online no. right now. <laughs> Just the small stuff. All right. Well, I've got a ton of projects that I've started that I need to wrap up and get filmed. I've got uh, just yeah. some general videos coming out over the next couple of weeks. And uh, so, you know, stay tuned. Uh, my plan is to always drop my videos early for my patrons if I can. And I uh, wasn't able to get one out yesterday, but I hope to have a video out early for my patrons sometime in the middle of the week. And uh, I've got I've got two or three kind of ideas that I need to get pushed out and a few simple things like that. So yeah. uh, I, I that's what I've got coming up. So you know, you'll you'll know my next video whenever I drop it because I don't don't know what it yeah. is yet either. So mm -hmm. all right, Blake, thank you for dropping by and filling in for Nick today. It was good to hear about digital designs and the cool stuff that you're uh, doing over there with them. So mm -hmm. I'm going to hit the end broadcast button. We'll see you all you next time. Bye.